dads out there and all our moms you are listening to episode 114 of the fade you podcast we are on twitter at fade you sports make sure you're following us there uh we all have our individual handles we'll get to those follow us uh tweeting out lots of plays i don't know if they're winning but or at least betting shit lots of bet on right now it's a fun time of year subscribe to the pod we appreciate all our listeners uh, all you guys who've been with us since the beginning we love you. Keep listening. We're going to keep bringing you more good content. And if you're new, we hope you enjoy the show. We've got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. My name is Matthew James. I've got a, uh, we're minus one dad tonight. We are short of Chris Duke. So it smells a little better in here than it normally does. Uh, but we do have Kmart. Kyle, you excited for the Niners, man? They, uh, they proved me wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I, had a work meeting the other day and I had a Niners background in there. So the excitement is at an all time high this week. Neil, if you're a Charger fan, how much do you hate life right now? Uh, I live in San Diego. So there is still an affinity in this town for the once San Diego Chargers. And, you know, there you can, you can sense just a little bit of heartbreak. A little bit, man. <laughs> Talk about a team with some issues. Holy shit. And live from the 405, Joe, thanks for making it. Uh, how's traffic, Dad? Yeah, be specific. The 405 freeway, not the 405, wherever the fuck zip code or area code that is. But yeah, <laughs> traffic sucks, but I'm still like 30 minutes from home. And I'm sure all seven of those San Diego Charger fans are very upset right now. <laughs> all seven of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. also, I do want to give we do want to give a shout out to one follower. My mom let me know. My actual literal mom let me know. We do have a follower named Elijah, so we wanted to shout him out. Thanks for following and spread the word. Let your friends know. I know you're going into school for sports broadcasting, so when you can call a professional event, just let you let them know that uh, to follow the Fade You podcast hell yeah elijah thanks for listening it now none of us have any friends so if you have friends tell your friends about the pod we appreciate it thanks for listening and uh joe how'd you find out he was listening it was kind of a funny story right yeah my mom um she is actually a listener listens to every podcast and sees all our tweets so she's probably disappointed in us half the time anyways but um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all our antics and uh maybe explicit content but no yeah she uh she let me know that he knew about us without you know her let her telling him so he knew of us already and listened to the pod and said we put out good content so we appreciate that and hopefully we can uh, live up to the the hype going forward too just trying to make all our moms and dads proud that's all exactly that's it all right well we, we should have done a show earlier in the week. Could have talked about the national championship game, which was a, a banger. Um, we could have talked about the results from week 18. We don't need to talk about these teams that don't matter. Uh, Colts, LOL. That's pretty funny. Um, some of this other shit that went down, like the Chargers. So we'll move on and we'll talk about wild card weekend or super wild card week. I don't know when we started calling it super wild card weekend, but 
apparently that's what it is. So we're not going to go game by game. Instead, we're going to get to some of these narratives that you're going to hear all week. Uh, betting in the NFL playoffs is tough. The lines are really tight, as we talked about with our friend Adam Trigger. Uh, if you haven't listened to the pod with Adam, he talks has a lot of good, really good stuff about betting college basketball, betting the NFL playoffs. That's episode 113. So go back and check that out if you haven't yet. NFL playoffs, lines are tight, uh, and there's fewer games, so there's more discussion about each game. And you get a lot of these narratives. So we're going to talk about uh, QBs making their first start. We're going to talk about underdogs, road teams, unders, and then a little bit on strength of schedule here at the end, too. So let's jump right in. Let's talk about QBs making their first career playoff start. Um, Sometimes you get variations of this where maybe it's rookie QBs or maybe it's uh, QBs making their first start versus QBs who are not. Uh, Kyle, I want your take on this one first, because Derek Carr and Joe Burrow are both making their first career playoff start. Um, The trend is since 2002, QBs making their first career playoff start are 13 and 20 ATS and only 10 and 31 straight up. Now, Baker Mayfield fit this last year and did win in that Browns demolition of big brother Pittsburgh. So Kyle, Carr, Burrow, I know you like the Bengals, but do you put much stock into this narrative of playoff inexperience, especially at the quarterback position? I mean, I think you have to, Um, you know, especially at the beginning, probably both, both quarterbacks, you know, especially in Burrow's case, um, you know, being a second year player probably wants to limit mistakes. So who knows how, how quickly he's going to be throwing the ball down the field to chase and company, but you know, it brings up, you know, the second narrative. I know you're going to touch on later with, you know, unders and whatnot, but you know, I can definitely see why, you know, if we even look back at Monday night with Georgia and Alabama, you know, it wasn't really until close to the fourth quarter where teams finally started taking shots. So I think it's very similar to, you know, first time quarterbacks where they're trying to limit mistakes, but then, Eventually, it just comes down to, you know, who gets, you know, that one break. Because as you said, lines are tight. Um, That Raiders line felt inflated at at the beginning of the week to me. Now that it's trending to five, it's it's got me thinking, huh? I know it's a dead number, but it's, it's got me thinking. There are no dead numbers, Kyle. You know this. In this age of analytics. No, um, I know. I know. It's just, it's more of the inside joke for Chris. Yeah, no, Chris will love that. <laughs> he's not here, so you can't, you can't make jokes about him. You can only talk shit about him because he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle alluded to the line. It did open uh, at six and a half slowly, but surely has been bent down to six, five and a half. Um, we're recording this on Thursday evening. Lines have pretty much settled probably until game day, and then we'll see probably all hell break loose. Um. Neil, the other quarterbacks that fit this making their first career playoff start include Jalen Hurts going up against uh, Tampa, Mac Jones going up to Buffalo in the cold, Kyler Murray playing against uh, Stafford, who feels like he might have a lot of playoff experience because he's been around forever, but uh, Detroit hasn't made the playoffs too much. So do you think with Hurts, Jones, Murray, do you put much stock into those guys making their first career playoff start against guys who are more experienced? Uh, does it like you, or does it make you like any of those sides less at all? 
I think I think for me that's an interesting question, and that's like because you know for Carr, it's certainly he's the most experienced out of the bunch, you know, along with Stafford. But it's you know certainly you wouldn't think like Derek Carr is making his first, and he did. You know, I think in fairness, like the Raiders did have a playoff team years ago. He had just gotten hurt. I think he broke his leg. You know, the I think like in the last week was it, and then they had this they had to start the backup. Um, but I think so as far as experience goes, I don't think you can put Carr certainly in the group along with the rest of them. Um, you know, I absolutely for Hertz and for Jones, hundred percent. I think I think the to think that they're going to come out and be you know shell shocked uh, makes complete sense, um, especially when you think about who they're going up against. Right, you have Hertz is going to get up against the goat on the other side who's been there every season, you know, pretty much his entire life. Um, so I, I think in that regards, like Philadelphia just seems way overmatched um, from a quarterback perspective in this one. And, and Jones is just a, a, you know, a rookie. I don't know what rookies, Matt, do you have any idea what rookie, you know, quarterbacks in their first playoff game? I, I don't, I feel like it, this one even happens even less. It's gotta be pretty rare, right? Like this, this uh, scenario of Mac Jones, making the playoffs as a rookie, um, there probably aren't too many of those. We'd have Was to go back Big and look ben case a rookie? by case. Big Ben, Big Ben did. Yeah, guys, I mean, you have to go back to guys like yeah. Big Ben and Flacco, and um, I, I don't think there's a whole lot. Probably too, salt, too small a sample size to even put stock yeah. into, but anyway. Joe, what do you think? If you're, uh, if you're liking the Eagles side or the Pats or the Cards – do you have any pause because of this narrative and these trends against QBs making their first career playoff start? Or is that one that you don't put a lot of stock into? If we were going to buy or sell this narrative, I'm more leaning towards buying it. However, I think it's more a team by team type deal and how much that quarterback plays into that offense. Obviously, if you take Burrow or Carr away, both those teams are going to win five games. If that, you know, and, but if you take Mac Jones away from the Patriots, they're, you know, probably pretty going to be pretty okay. I mean, Mac Jones threw three balls in that game when they played prior and they fucking covered the spread and won so against the Bills. So it's really team by team. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a vastly different quarterback than uh, the mustache behind him. But, you know, as far as the spread goes, how much is that spread going to change? I don't, I don't know if it's that much, but. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's 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 tough. I like the trends, but I also don't like laying 12 and a half points in a playoff game. Sure. And kind of like something we talked about with Adam, you don't have to bet every single game. I mean, guys like Dan and DeGens, they will, but uh, pick and choose your spots, even though there are a bunch of games this weekend. So that's one you're going to hear a lot about quarterbacks and experience, and you could almost extend this out to coaches too. I mean, that Raiders – Bengals game is also interesting because you have Zach Taylor coaching in his first playoff game. Visaccia for the Raiders, of course, is uh, an interim coach. So with the experience of the coaches, too, it adds another wrinkle to that. Let's talk about dogs. Uh, dogs have killed it in this round of late. So if you go last five seasons, underdogs, 15 and 7 against the spread, 10 and 12 outright. Uh, that's pretty damn good. That's a pretty good ROI if you're picking the right money line dogs uh, last three seasons, eight and six outright. So dogs uh, do well in the wild card round. Uh, there's a lot of reasons that could be since 07, 
We've had a one underdog win outright at least one in 12 out of 14 seasons. So you can almost pencil it in that one of these dogs is going to pull an upset. Um, now, the one you got to be careful of is the double-digit dogs. Those are 2-10 and 10 against the spread since 2000. We reminisced in our group text about a, an amusing one last year with the Bears and uh, Mitchell Trubisky going to New Orleans. I don't know if you guys remember the ending of this one, but the Saints or the Bears had uh, scored with no time left to seemingly backdoor cover, but they didn't kick the extra point. Uh, much to the dismay of many underdog betters. Yeah, that was us. That, that was, was us. I think it was a den. It was a fade den. Yeah, it, was it, a, it was a fade den. We got hosed on that. And, you know, shout out Mitchell Trubisky getting the MVP. That was yeah. the Nickelodeon game. So he got that, like, epic dildo-looking trophy. <laughs> Classic. Uh, what's what's the uh, Nickelodeon game this time? It's not the I saw Debo got the award last week. Yeah, they already did it. They didn't really advertise it. I I think it was the um, Niners Rams. Oh wow! But they, they, yeah, they did it. They didn't really advertise it though. Huh? I I missed the slime. I guess that's. that's I know. I thought it was pretty. pretty I thought it was. I thought it was pretty electric last year. So I'm kind of bummed I missed it. I just had to be at the game. So yeah. Uh, so what underdogs, I mean, what do you think, Joe? You don't want to just blindly bet every dog, but I mean, if you are an underdog better, which most of us are, uh, if you're a team fade den, you're probably going to be on dogs. You got to feel pretty good going into this weekend, right? Well, yeah, I mean that we liked our, we love our underdogs, you know, and a thing I like to look to is like, look at the, the, for example, the Niners, they're the third best team in the NFC West. Oh, you know, if they're in any other division, they'd have a totally different matchup. And so them catching three points being a short number like that, it's 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 very enticing. Um, but a lot of these lines too are 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 gonna be inflated, like the Eagles and and Tampa lines inflated, you know, maybe maybe even the, the Patriots and Bills is a little inflated too. But uh well yeah, it's Cincinnati Cincinnati and Vegas. I'd go Vegas or money line there, but yeah, so there's just a lot of the lines are going to change and that's, what's going to be interesting. So we'll see how many, how much value is still there on the dogs uh, on the days. These games are played on Sunday and Monday. And Neil with the dogs, I mean, um, the added wrinkle to some of these is that we have division rematches for the third time in a couple of these scenarios with new England, with Arizona, these would be the third time these teams play. Um, do you buy that dogs will continue to have success in the wild card round? And why do you think it might be? I actually think that we can solve this narrative pretty easily, unlike the other one, which is all these games are standalone games. It's the only thing to watch. It's what everyone's going to watch, you know, versus a typical NFL Sunday where, you know, there's eight games that kick off at 10 a.m., you know, West Coast time, and then another five. Like, I think we all underestimate just how many dens of the worlds there are out there. Like we have our den, but he's one of many, right? So all these people are going to come in They're there. You only have one game to watch. You have one game to bet on and you're going to lay that, you know, you're going to lay that fave. Everyone's going to jump and be like, Oh yeah, Matt Stafford and the Rams. I, I love them. Oh, the Cowboys are playing. How are the Cowboys going to lose at home? 
and they just jump on the faves like this one actually i kind of i can can see why you have such a better ats record you know taking taking dogs because the public's going to want to go in and just back you know the favorite team that's been doing well all season Kyle, you think it's that simple? You think it's just that the the general public is excited for the playoffs and they're more casual betters and those guys are typically going to just fire on the favorites like Dennis? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to what I was going to say. Like, I mean, you look at the Rams and the Cardinals, you know, four-point spread, but for much of the season it was the Cardinals, you know, in first place before they sputtered at the end. So – We've been hearing all week how loud it was in SoFi with the Niners crowd. Kelly Stafford's like beside herself. Can't can't believe, you know, that, you know, a Rams game was all Niners, even though going into the week, you know, everyone's pretty much saying it was going to be that way. Anyway, that to me, that's the whole point. This ATS, you know, you got a favorite at home minus four, but we've been harping on it all season. Home field doesn't really mean what it used to. So you're getting tremendous value with the Cardinals at plus four. Um, If you're able to get four and a half, I mean, that, that would have been really juicy, but I mean, these teams are so equal. I mean, they've been duking it all, all season. So I just, if, if I had to pick a game on that, I mean, you know, me, if I'm taking a dog, screw the points, I'm going straight money line. Yeah, especially if it's like three. I mean, none of them are under three, but I, the Niners Cowboys may end up settling at three. I don't know if that's going to move off that, but um, yeah, yeah that, there's a lot to that, especially when you see the success that they've had straight up. And then that kind of leads into this, Kyle, and you you alluded to home field, but road teams are 12 and six straight up over the last four years, 15 and three against the spread. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but But again, you know, like you hear – you know, and I think, you know, why you said why is when it becomes super wild card weekend, I think it's because we got that game on Monday. Game, but, yeah. But, you know, in years past on Monday, you'd hear all the former players, pros talking about, you know, how it's a different game in the playoffs. And, you know, e- even some of these dogs, you know, maybe they had, you know, just a rough three weeks. I mean, look at the Niners at 10 and seven. But, you know, a lot of those guys have, you know, been in big games before. Do you really think that's a 10 and 17 when they're fully healthy? Like I, I I couldn't, I can't imagine anybody wanting to see that team in the playoffs. And I know I'm a homer, blah, 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 but it's teams like that, that get hot and, you know, make a big run and everyone's like, how did they do it? No, it's just right in front of your eyes. I mean, they had the pieces, they just had injuries in the middle of the season. So I think, you know, there's everyone zero and zero. It's just who's going who's gonna to benefit from their own opponent's downfall. Joe, do you think it's also just that <laughs> for the most part, you have all these teams in the playoffs and there's, there's a lot of parity between them and that the two seed really isn't that much better than the six seed or the seven seed, generally speaking, and that's why you see a lot of dogs and road teams cover. I mean, it's got to be correlated, right? Yeah, it has to be. It has to be correlated. Um, obviously, home field advantage isn't what it used to be as well, depending on the team. Um, I mean, shit, Dallas, is, are, how much of a home field advantage are they going to have over the Niners? Who knows? Not a lot. Um, 
But, you know, th- there is a lot of parity in the NFL. Buffalo, you know, the team that wins their division might just be maybe two games ahead of the, the team that was in third place. And, you know, just two games separate two teams that play each other head to head. They know each other, they're familiar opponents. Yeah, dude, there's a, there's a ton of parity. And that's definitely what goes into those dogs covering. And like I said, those lines can be a little bit inflated, especially with Homer guys. You know, you couldn't pay Kyle to, to bet against on the Cowboys on Sunday, but you know, there's a lot of other guys <laughs> oh, out like, there. That are, I like winning. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of other guys out there. You know, public betters are going to bet on their team no matter what the spread is. They don't give a shit, especially if it's a favorite. So I think that plays a role too. Yeah, especially when you have the the popular high scoring teams favored like Dallas, like Buffalo. Uh, I don't know. I guess the Rams are popular, but whatever. The last point you had talked about, um, about the dogs is that is this double digit dogs, right? And the double yeah. digit dogs was the one outlier that they're only two and 10, you know, ATS since 2000. And I think, you know, part of an explanation is we can go back and look at years and maybe not every year, but you can go back to years and you can think of a team, you know, that didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. Right. I, I harp into like the NFC East where they just had god awful divisions. You know, a team can make the playoffs and be under 500 sometimes, you know, and that team is going to go up and they're, you know, even if they have a home game because they won their division, they're going up against, you know, another top seed team. And right, our only game this week is Casey's host and Pitt and Casey's minus 12 and a half. So you got Pitt catching 12 and a half, kind of same narrative, right? Did Pitt, you know, Pittsburgh needed 74 things that go their way on Sunday in order for them to make the playoffs, right? So it's, it's, it is one of those where it's sort of fitting where it's, you know, do we really think Pittsburgh deserves to be in the playoffs? Or, and um, you can say no. Do we want to see Pittsburgh in the playoffs over the Chargers? Fuck no. We'd all rather see, the, you know, Herbert in the Chargers versus, you know, Big Ben. That's going to no. be ugly. Uh, Let's watch Big Ben die. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, Neil, conversely, I mean, look at a team like – does anybody remember what Washington and uh, Tampa was last year, the spread? I don't think it was double digits. I don't think it was either. I could be wrong. But Washington definitely covered that spread and almost fucking won outright. That was at high right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was fucking awesome because that was a fade den too. So, you know. As far as watching good football, I don't really give a shit. The playoffs is going to be electric no matter what, but, you know, we just got to find the value in there somewhere. Kyle, do you think we're going to see more of this going forward because the NFL added the extra team that gets in? So, like, I mean, once you get down to, like, the seventh team in the conference, and, like, we can all agree that Pittsburgh's probably not the seventh best team in the AFC, it just kind of fell their way where you're going to see one of these teams that's in, it's almost like the low seeds in the NBA playoffs, right? Like these play in fucking teams that it's like, okay, you're, you're not really a playoff team. We just want more games. And so you might see these double digit spreads and and people might think, Oh, it's a playoff game, too many points, but no, that team is a a significant step down in the case of Pittsburgh and KC. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I feel like the AFC had a, pretty golden opportunity if somehow the Raiders and Chargers could have got into it because then, you know, it would have been like, wow, the seven might beat the two. Not likely. You know, it would have been one of Neil and mine's long shots, but 
you know, it would have been more competitive than either of the two that we're actually going to be watching. Um, I'd, I'd love it if the Eagles beat Tampa, but I, I mean, I, I don't think even I'm going to degen that. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I don't know. We'll talk about that towards the end of the show, but let's do a break. On the other side, we want to talk about uh, totals. We want to talk about strength of schedule, and then we'll get a few more nuggets on some of these games that maybe didn't get brought up. So we'll get to all that here in a minute. All right, playoff unders. Now, I've got 65% to the under in wildcard weekend since 2010. So that's going to be a pretty big sample size. I've got past four seasons, unders are 12 and six. We've got some questionable weather in Buffalo. It's going to be freezing ass cold. Cincinnati, going to be a little chilly, going to be a little windy. Tampa, windy, rainy. Neil, we talked about this earlier with dogs. Can't just blindly bet all the unders, or can you? Um, How good is is an under bet this weekend? I think that's, I think for unders this week and the trend is going to continue, especially given, you know, sort of maybe what we alluded to in the first segment, which is just how many first time quarterbacks you got playing this weekend. Um, I could see, you know, more slug fest Buffalo, New England, you know, is going to be a slug fest. I'm sort of interested to see what this Matt Jones pass attempts number is going to come out and be. I think that's going to be an interesting bet. I think, I think that'll be bet more, more than most people think. Um, given what happened in that that last game that they played. Um, but I think it just harpens back to narrative that you're there. It's it's bigger. It, I'm sure it's got to feel different. Um, you know, we look at it. I, I know you can't – not apples to apples, but national championship game. What, what did we get, 15 points in the first half? You know, with just a bunch of field goals, no one – no, you know, coaches don't want to risk going for it on fourth down. Like, a little tentative, and then it gets opened up. So – um, I think we probably see, and the weather is a factor. Obviously, it's going to be worse in, in January than it, you know, the weather was back in September. So certainly across the board, that probably has something to do with it as long as you're not in a dome. But um, I can certainly see this trend, you know, continuing. Now, Joe, one thing people want to be careful of is not betting the under too late after it's already moved. It's no secret that a lot of sharp guys will hit totals. Uh, they'll move a couple points. It doesn't look like too many of them have moved that much. I'm seeing Rams and cards has moved from 50 and a half to 49 and a half. Uh, before we started recording, we saw the Tampa total drop from 49 to 46 because of weather concerns. So maybe just caution people. You don't want to necessarily take a bad number just because you want in. Uh, what's your take on, on unders here? What do you mean? You won't just daily to Jen, a fucking under just for funsies. I mean, I guess you could just say fuck it and take the under no matter what it is. But generally speaking, you don't want to get to these too late. Right. There's three games though, where most of the money is on the under and that's the Cincinnati Vegas KC pit, which is a little surprising and Buffalo, New England, which is not surprising at all. Cause that's the lowest one of the weekend, but no, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to degen one unless you're trying to have a good time and, and don't like touchdowns, but, and there's nothing wrong with that, but yeah, I mean, you always got to be looking at where the numbers move throughout the week and try to be on the right side. But again, we wipe our ass with CLV, right? So who gives a shit? 
Kyle, I want to ask you about the Niners under because I'm seeing this at uh, 51 or 50 and a half, depending on the book. Now, if what we think, and, and with we, you and I have talked about the matchup, if what we think is going to happen happens and that the Niners are in this game, and if they're in the game, then they're executing their game plan, which is going to be to run the ball and to run the ball effectively. We've seen the Niners have some pretty epic 11-minute touchdown drives, things like that. I mean, don't you think if the Niners are going to win the game, it probably stays under? Yeah, it's just the only problem with – I mean, unless they're not hurrying up their offense, you know, they could have those long drives. I just – I feel like there's going to be a lot of big plays on both sides. Like 49ers weakness, running the football – getting to the outside Cowboys probably the weakest at defending that Cowboys going up over the top Niners just I don't even know if the Niners are poor at defending it as much as they just grab the dude and it just inflates that number but either way throwing deep on the Niners always leads to success this season so I definitely see this being an under game until that fourth quarter I mean even look even look at last this game just Seems like a 28-24, another three, four-point spread. Um, and it's all indicative on turning the ball over. I, I basically think of that as if, if both teams played pretty clean. You know, maybe one turnover each, execute accordingly. You know, it should be a pretty it should be a pretty fun game for fans to watch. But if you know if the Niners play like they did against the Cardinals the second time around and have those fumbles from Kittle and Ayuk, it, I mean they have no chance. They, they truly have to play clean. Like, like they did two years ago when they just absolutely murdered the Vikings and Packers. Well, and the other thing with some of these totals too, is legitimately look at who the kicker is of these teams. I mean, Jerry Jones this week is talking about Zerline, his kicker. And he basically just flat out said, if we had a better option, we'd have it. Zerline has been a little shaky at times. So, so bad this season. Like I never, I, I remember, I mean, how many times did Zerline have a game-winning kick against the Niners? And it's just even from almost 60 yards, you just knew he was going to make it in this season. Yeah. He's the kicker you're hoping has a game-winning attempt on your team. Yeah, he's missed some extra points, too. I like um, knock, knock on wood for that. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, look for unders. I mean, if, if what some of the guys are saying, too, and uh, there are some early jitters from some of these guys – you could also look to play like a, a live over if it gets too ridiculous or something like that. And maybe we see something like with the national championship game where the points come in the fourth quarter and could be middle opportunities. A lot of different ways you could look at this. Neil, how about your strength of schedule that you, uh, you were pulling up and taking a look at? Yeah, so this one uh, came across, and this was really interesting. So if you haven't, so there's a guy Jeff Sagrin. He's a statistician for the NFL. Um, I think he does college football also. But he came out um, with a nugget that going back to 2002, if you blindly simply took the team that had the best, uh, the better, more difficult strength of schedule on the season between the two teams that that's hitting at a 48-22-2 clip against the spread, which is giving you 68%. Moreover, if you have a 10-slot difference, right, so team has the fifth hardest strength of schedule, they're playing the team that has the 15th uh, hardest strength of schedule. So 10 slots, 
that's hitting at a 28 six and two clip if you against the spread blindly taking the team that just simply has the better strength of schedule um if you look at that 10 slot difference we got two of those um this this wild card weekend first one raiders and cincy raiders had the 11th hardest schedule in our in all of football cincinnati came in at 26 so you got a 15 slot difference there the other one is is in cards rams Cardinals had the eighth most difficult schedule. Rams were at 18. So per this, it would tell you to take back the Raiders, back the cards um, this weekend. What do you think, Joe? Buy or sell the strength of schedule narrative? Um, I really don't have an opinion on it. Um, strength of schedule is useful, but... I don't know, man. Every team's different. You run into – you could play a, a high-ranked team in a weekend and they could be without their quarterback. Are they still that high-ranked team? No, they're not. You know, they could have key injuries, that kind of thing too. So while I too, I do love both of those plays that Neil mentioned, I don't know if strength – I would use that model to going forward. Well, I mean, like, I, I, I think it's an interesting tra- – oh, I'm not even – oh, I am, sorry – um, it's an interesting trend, but like, I think we're talking about frac. like, as I'm looking at the strength of schedule in the NFC teams, I mean, we're talking fraction of a point, like Washington football team in the NFC had the hardest strength of schedule, but it was at 52% followed by the saints at 52. And then all the way down at the bottom, you have the Eagles at 47. So it's, it's not quite. I think as egregious as college basketball can get, but I mean, it, I mean, well, there's it's a not there for a reason. right? Because of parody, it's not obviously. And I say, but I think it kind of could. It kind of, I think, would kind of go back into playing into the narrative, sort of of that dog, right? Because I feel like you probably more often than not, a team that has a mo- has a harder difficulty or strength of schedule probably d- isn't going to come out with as good a record over you know the course of a 17 game season as you know a team that's playing in you know a a strength of schedule that's 10 slots lower so they're going to have a slightly better record which probably means they're playing at home and getting a you know a home field advantage so just it it sort of I would almost say that this strength of schedule sort of builds into the the underdog narrative right which is why underdogs probably hit is such a good you know at the clip that they're hitting on. Right. I th- so I think you kind of, kind of look at some of these and how they build off of one another. Um, you know, if you look at where that trend, you know, sort of dive into where that trend's coming from. Yeah. Neil. I mean, I was agreeing with you. I was just for listeners sake, I was just trying to, you know, have that expectation of, you know, think about how small the margins actually are though. Is just right. Of- Cause I, if, you, if you look oh. at cards, cause I was actually really surprised. Like, and I went back and looked at schedules because if you look at the cards and Rams, you think of like, these teams are in the same division. How can, how can one team have the eighth hardest and the next have the 18th? Like Kyle's saying, like though on a percentage, that's probably it's, it's a smaller. It's they didn't have to play each other. Exactly. Right. They didn't yeah, have to it- play each other, but there's still, there's still a spread between the two. Um, even though, you know, the similarities between their schedules were relatively, you know, equal. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I I guess we'll see how much it all matters. I know a lot of people are ragging on the Eagles for playing a bunch of 
nobody quarterbacks all season. So we'll see if they really are. I mean, I'm, I definitely in Tampa Bay there for that reason. I think Eagles get exposed, but we'll see. I mean, that's the beauty of it is you have all these trends and all these narratives and we'll see how much any of them even matter. So let's close, let's close the show with this. Uh, let's get everybody's favorite play if you have one. And if there's anything on that game that we didn't quite get to, Neil, let me have you start. Have Kyle start because I'm pretty sure Kyle's going to steal mine. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Kyle, you've already tweeted out yeah, I mean, that you're on the Niners money line. Do you want to – you can go over that for anybody who's not on Twitter as much and is just listening or if you want to give something else out. No, I mean, Niners is probably going to be my only play. I'm just hammering it. Um, you know, for reasons I've already said, I just feel they're going to be able to take advantage on the outside. I believe they're going to play a clean game. Um, and I just love the way this defense has turned things around. Trent Williams is back. They're healthy, healthiest they've been in a very long time. So, yeah, the homer in me is is way too excited. We can't ignore that part of it. But, you know, it's a pure matchup, you know, perspective. I'm, it's not like I'm sitting here spilling just from my heart, just straight real bullshit. So, it's my favorite play. Um, I mean, we all know I've kind of turned on to the Bengals. I can't lie. I'll probably do one of the dumbest teasers in my life just to have them win the game, probably with Tampa Bay or something. I don't know. Kyle, I already I booked that teaser as soon as it opened. That's so funny. So I booked that <laughs> teaser when it was with Cincinnati six and a half. I, I'll, I'm hesitant now with the, with Raiders now after learning what I learned about like yeah. strength. I booked and I I did Cincinnati. I did Cincinnati. Hedge it with Raiders half. money. <laughs> I may I may hedge it out and just do Raiders money line, but I did Cincinnati minus a half. And at the time, Tampa Bay was eight and a half, so I got that to be able to tease down just to two and a half. While now it's nine and a half, but I, I jumped on that. That was the teaser that I the one teaser that I put in as soon as the lines opened. All right, Joe, what do you think? This one's going to surprise you guys a little bit, but probably my favorite play is Pittsburgh plus seven and a half in the first half, which that just blew my mind a little bit because the first half you're catching a touchdown and a hook, but the full is still like 12, 12 and a half, 13, some spots. So they, you know, Vegas obviously thinks KC is going to run away, but I think KC, I think that the dumbass Pittsburgh Steelers and that fat fuck, Big Ben can keep it close for a half, but ultimately I do see KC running away with it. So I would bet KC full, but I don't know. We're going to let Den decide, but probably Pittsburgh first half would be my favorite play. Joe, go back and take a look. I think someone said that Pittsburgh's averaging four points in the first half over like the last five games. Yeah, they're they're a fourth quarter scoring team. <laughs> I mean, that, uh, go, check, I, go, go check because I, I don't quote me on that one, but I feel like I, I listened. Somebody said that Pittsburgh over their last five games is averaging four points in the first half. Well, Joe, it's not necessarily a play on Pittsburgh to score, right? It's like it's them just being able to hang in. This I mean, is me. Yeah, this is me betting on Pittsburgh's defense to right. hold Patrick Mahomes and maybe Big Ben can pull his cock out and score one touchdown. You got to think they can lose the first half 14 to seven, right? KC's had some very slow first halves in the playoffs the last couple of years like the Tennessee and Houston come to mind 
Yeah. Like they've had some they've had some bad playoff stuff. And seven and a hook is a lot of points it's, for 30 minutes of football. And yeah. l- let's also acknowledge that KC has potentially some issues with I mean, Tyreek Hill hurts his his heel pregame. I mean, Kyle's gonna preach that's karma for that guy, but uh he hurts his heel pregame and then he's kind of in and out of that game. Maybe it ends up being nothing, but it could be something. And I mean, I don't know. Pittsburgh seems to be going into this game with this like fuck it attitude of like, we didn't even think we were going to be here. Nobody expects anything of us. And that can be a little dangerous when you got a team playing like they have nothing to lose. I mean, they're almost playing with house money at this point. Pittsburgh dangerous at all, Kyle, not to win, but to just keep this a little more competitive than maybe people think. I mean, yeah, I think Joe has a very solid, you know, bet for that first half. I, I, I'm not going to argue anything he said there, especially with the defense. It's just can, <laughs> wish we could just input a recording of what Joe's called big Ben, but um, you know, can, can he do enough? Like if they can get one touchdown, I mean, it's, it's probably, I mean, there's no locks, but that would be essentially what you're cheering for is can they get seven points? Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, we kind of just saw this game a couple weeks ago. So how will Pittsburgh make adjustments against Kansas city? Cause you know, their defense has obviously made improvements from the first six weeks of the season as well. Anybody have anything that we didn't quite get to? Well, Maddie skip, Maddie skip mine. So yes, Kyle, so Kyle did take my best. I, I like San Francisco. I bet them on the money line. I think they're going to go in and beat Dallas. Um, second favorite, though, I'll give one. I do still like, given the weather, I, I like Tampa Bay, Philadelphia going under the 46. Um, line moved down, but that's simply weather-based. That's not matchup-based. But I, and I liked it under 49, even if it was clear. I don't think Philly, with a, with a motivated Tampa Bay team, I don't know how Philadelphia scores the football. They're not going to be able to run like they – you know, that they've done. If the weather's bad, they're certainly not going to be able to throw the ball worth a damn. And I don't think Brady has anything to prove here in a wild card weekend. They're just going to try to escape, run the ball, four nets back. I just think this, this, this game's played on the ground. The clock's going to be going 46, way too many points. So I'll take the under in Tampa Bay, Philadelphia. Even if Philly can move the ball, though, I mean, Philly was the number one rushing offense in the NFL this season. So... I think they're going to be able to run it, but are they going to be? Able to, yeah, I, I agree with you. Neil. I, I, I think they're going to run the ball short in the game, half for net back. I, I like that under a lot. Hate the CLV though, right? I, I, you know, not in, not in this one because this one's not like his hammer. You know, again, I think when a line comes out, a, you know, a full week before the basis on is like I don't know how much weather at that point can be factored in. Like if the line's going to move down a few for weather, I'm okay. Like I'm okay with that. Like, I, I was know, being I sarcastic, Neil. I understand. No, I, and I know, and I and I know. <laughs> like, no, we don't give a shit about CLV. We don't give a shit about CLV. But you know, it, this is this is a CLV where it's not like we've got. I feel like we've gotten the worst number because of any real reason. Like if they knew that this, if they knew the weather was going to be this bad, they'd have put the line at forty six to begin with. For anybody who doesn't listen to the pod right away and maybe gets to this on Saturday or something like that. Is there a number if this were to continue to go down that would give you pause, Neil? Like if it got to 45 and a half, 44? Yeah, I, I'm 44 and a half, 44 and a half, 44, okay. probably right in around there because 
you know, you're still, t- I still think Tampa, you know, Tampa Bay is still going, I feel they're going to score the football. Um, but yeah, 44 probably is the line. Dude. I think it, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say before this season, because obviously we were, um, you know, following a sharp guy on a lot of overs and unders, a lot of games finish around 44 points. Like, yeah. I don't think I've ever paid much, much attention to it. I've never been a real over under guy, but seeing how many totals, you know, we were always around 43 and a half, 44 and I'm sweating out or getting pushes or losses by half points, man. Um, it, it's just something to, to kind of keep an eye on, um, you know, with that lovely CLV that we don't give rat's ass about. <laughs> Philly, Tampa Bay. I'm also interested to see, we saw Joe, I was at your house. We saw a pretty pathetic effort by the Eagles backups in their week 18 game. Uh, they, they sat a lot of guys um, and didn't have a lot of guys play. Uh, Tampa played a lot of their guys. Now I know they're getting Fortnite and a couple guys back, but Tampa played a lot of their guys through their game. Interested to see how this, uh, this rust versus rest versus sitting guys out. I'm curious to see how that plays out. And I don't know that there's any other games really that are going to be impacted by that. Right. I mean, Buffalo's starters played, um, Kansas city starters played. We don't really have to worry too much about, a lot of teams that had guys sit out last week, right? Eagles. Eagles sat everybody. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Eagles sat yeah. everybody. A pathetic effort by their backups. We'll see if they're rusty or or if they're rewarded for resting those guys. I, I guess we'll see. All right, good stuff, guys. Um, good luck, everybody, to your bets this weekend. I know for us, we're going to be waiting for, uh, for Den. And you know he's going to be firing probably every single game, so – if you are fading Den, keep an eye on that Telegram. If you're looking for the link for the Telegram, we do tweet it out from time to time. DM us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you want more of. I don't know if we'll do a space before any of the games this weekend. We'll have to see. If we are, we'll tweet that out. Hopefully we can get some people on there. Give us your favorite plays. So uh, good stuff for Chris. I, he's doing something. Yeah, what else, what else you got? Uh, yeah, Daily Degen. Anybody, if you want to do a Daily Degen play, want me to record it for you? DM me. Those are still going out. I couldn't do it today because I was at work, but yeah, the Daily Degen hashtag, everybody check it out. Yeah, Daily Degen's great. Uh, Kyle, Neil, uh, two dads, one ball. Love it, love it. <laughs> that's going That's going well, I think, Kyle. you. Could, I think you hit uh, Texas Tech on the money line. Yeah, yeah we hit yeah. Texas Tech money line on the first day we did it yesterday, apart from our long shot you know two and oh and then we posted another one in there you know with i think lsu so three and um not too bad yeah that i mean that's the beauty of like college football ends and it's like all right uh, on to the next and for you guys that's college basketball as we as we get into january we're we're into conference play now so uh follow all that so all that stuff gets retweeted from fade news so look out for all that and uh, let's enjoy a super wild card weekend. We'll be back early next week, probably to recap and then uh, look ahead to the divisional round. So for Kyle, Neil, Joe, Chris, whatever you're doing, uh, who wants to do the poop reminder? I will. All you. Sometimes when you bet on garbage, poop, scum, stuff that smells like Chris Duke, what happens, Joe?
You absolutely step in it. This is Fade You.